What if you could learn from physical product entrepreneurs that have risen up from the trenches to dominating their market by creating successful physical product brands? Well, this podcast is hosted by me, Kunay Campbell, and it's about breaking the mold to becoming a smarter, savvier, and better product entrepreneur. You discover how to take physical products from concept through launch and to scaling up from physical product entrepreneurs who've taken their revolutionary ideas to 1 million, 10 million, and 50 million plus in revenue businesses. You'll also join me on my journey to build a million dollar physical product brand business in a year, where we both will learn about crowdfunding, selling to retail chains, launching through marketplaces like Amazon, strategic partnerships, publicity, celebrity endorsements, and selling direct to consumers. So if you're creating or building a brand in the consumer packaged goods space, in fashion and apparel, business products, or any physical product niche, listen in because we have you covered. Join the fast track to physical product business success. This is the Physical Product Business Podcast. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. This is the physical product business podcast. You're part of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, as you know. And this is the place where you learn about how to launch physical product brands to market, okay? On today's show, I have someone really special because um, he fits into the very ethos of this show. He is a retail distribution strategy expert. He runs an agency called Retail Bound, and here's what they do. They're a full-service retail consulting agency based out in Chicago, and they pretty much have trained and taught well over 3,500 entrepreneurs on how to sell and work with retailers of all shapes and sizes. They work both on the buy side and on the retailer side. Okay, and without further ado, I'd like to welcome Rohan Jacobs. Rohan, I hope I, I did you justice with the intro. Um, if I haven't, um, you know, take um, a, a minute or, or less to, to, to introduce yourself, please. No, I thought you, 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 did, you did a great introduction. I'm looking to hear uh, what kind of questions you have about retail uh, 101, I guess. Okay, let's talk about, about what you've done. So you've been pretty much doing this for about a decade, right? Um, could you tell us about your, your agency, you know, Retail Bound, and um, what you do? In, in, in yes. General. So prior to starting retail, about my experience for that, probably a little, little more in context. I've been in the industry for about 20, 25 years. Uh, I started my career as a manufacturer, uh, trying to sell into retail prior to the internet. So I did old school. You know, there was no email, no no internet. It was all it was all you know trade shows and knock, knocking on doors uh, and 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 the yellow pages. It was that was it was those old the good old days. Uh, and then uh, after a couple of years as a manufacturer and, and, and make it, I mean, more of my fair share of mistakes, uh, but learning from them, I uh, decided to uh, get my MBA here here in the U.S. and jump to the other side of the desk and become a large retail buyer. I was a very large retail buyer for a few different retailers in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, I managed made in product categories. My biggest line as a merchant was close to a billion dollars a year. Annual sales, so it was a very large retail buyer. Um, and I, besides brick and mortar retail, I also did I also did worked in B two B, you know, so selling to you know uh, contracts, you know, hospitality, healthcare, government. So I kind of joke that as a consultant, um, I'm a jack of all trades, maybe master of none, because you know our 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 clients, especially when using me as a, as, a, as a consultant, can tap into my experiences both as a manufacturer. But also as a retailer, B two C, as well as B two B. But the reason why I started retail bound many years ago, as a retail buyer, uh, I used to get so many uh, cold calls mm. from entrepreneurs and or small businesses. Hey, Johan, uh, this is Bob from X Y Z. Uh, I want to sell you a bunch of stuff. And as a buyer myself, um, because I was a I was a manufacturer before, I probably pick up the phone more often mm. than my than my counterparts. I mean, as you know, it's very tough even today now to try and find a buyer. Yeah. There are you know, you know, there no email, no phone numbers, or there's gatekeepers, they're blocked, right? But I say, you know, I know how hard it is to, to get to talk to a buyer. So I made my and I was a buyer, I tried to always pick up the phone or any emails, right, answer them if I could. But when I was on the phone, 
with, uh, with a potential supplier for my for my retail stores. Um, I could ask a couple questions. I can tell which suppliers were ready to work with me, mm-hmm. which ones weren't. And if you weren't ready to talk to me, you waste your time, you waste my time, and you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Right. So there's got to be a way to help these young entrepreneurs with really cool products to make the retail. Okay, with yeah. Best Buy or Amazon, and in between those two, two, two points, be able to showcase a product. So that's okay. why I started Retail Bound you know, nine years ago. Okay, interesting. So prior to, to Retail Bound, you said you worked in the, in the, B2B, in the B2C section, B2B. What um, retail did you work with? Uh, so I was a retail buyer uh, at uh, Sears Holdings so, here so in the okay. U.S. Yeah. Uh, 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 back in the day, uh, they were a, a $40 billion retailer. Uh, unfortunately, they're a, a, a much, much smaller, but they, they were, back in the day when I was a buyer, there was about $40 billion in annual sales in the U.S. And yeah. then uh, after after Sears, I left and joined Office Max. Okay, I know uh, Office, Office Max. Max. Yeah, it has a division, has built the retail stores mm-hmm. as well as the B2B. And, and my team and I managed the B2B side. Okay. Of, of Office Max. Okay, interesting. And um, you know, you're just talking about Sears and also Macy's. Um, they're they're having a very tough time. And I, I was just reading an article today saying Amazon may be buying Macy's. You know, Macy's. Seems I heard, like heard a, about that. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of re- the brick and mortar retailers. It's getting tough. The last uh, sixty days, five major retailers from Lowe's to Walmart, Macy's. Sears, Kmart, uh, Pennies, uh, they're, you know, it is typically, you know, and in the end of the, end of the, uh, the, the fourth quarter, retailers start to look at how are sales for the previous year mm-hmm. and tweak back maybe some of their lower, lesser performing stores. We call them mm-hmm. D locations mm-hmm. or C locations. Um, but last year was, was very tough for reta- retailers that had uh, a lot of brick and mortar space in the U.S. Right. And so uh, in January, uh, there were a lot of announcements of retailers like Lowe's, like Walmart, like Sears, and so forth, cutting back uh, store count for this right. year, mm-hmm. as well as shuttering or as well as reducing staff, both in the field as well as at, cor- at corporate. Okay. So um, in, in 2017, for, for an entrepreneur, um, the many kind of obvious, I'll quote and unquote, um, routes to market. Say I, um, I'm, I I designed and I have manufactured a really cool looking um, gym flask, you know, flask for, for a gym or a mixer, for instance. Sure. Um, traditionally, you know, now in 2017, my route to market could be a Kickstarter campaign on the one hand. It could yep. be um, launching an Amazon store on the other. Where does retail sit and when should I, what what does timing look like from your point of view for um, entrepreneurs looking to launch their products to, to market? What would you do if you're, you're, you're an entrepreneur in 2017? That's a great, that's a great, it's a great question. So, you know, you know, honestly, you know, we, we talked a lot of crowdfunded uh, entrepreneurs um, who 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 are who just launched their campaign mm-hmm. or who just completed their campaign and and they said hey wow I, I raised you know uh, a half a million dollars in the U S and I uh, want to start to maybe transition to, to retail that's great uh, in fact uh, we love to help you out and and one we always ask is what's the end game you know what do you want to do I mean are you gonna be a one skew vendor hmm. uh, like yeah I mean it's great flask as you mentioned mm-hmm. or are you looking at maybe you know someday not today but to broaden your assortment and have maybe a, a series of gym flask or other products around the gym and envir- fitness and sports environment because it's very tough today as a one a singular one skew vendor to do sizable volume mm-hmm. um, uh, unless you have a, a big pocket of, of money it's very tough. So we tell our clients, let's be realistic, okay? Uh, if you're a one skew vendor with limited, limited capital, uh, Best Buy, uh, Target, some of the major retailers in the U.S. that could do some volume, may be out of sight for now. Not saying it's out, out of reason, but maybe out of sight. Let's be realistic. 
Let's look, we call it a slow burn. Let's start small. So you're right, you mentioned about Amazon. That would be direct or through marketplace. Uh, there are probably some other online players. Uh, maybe some uh, cataloggers like Shopper Image, Hamaker Schlemmer, maybe Brookstone, hmm. uh, depending on if your margins are, 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 are in that range. Maybe some regional independent uh, retailers hmm. uh, that you do direct or through distributor. But the key here is that you want to prove to a Best Buy uh, or Target that you have a, uh, a following mm -hmm. uh, outside of Indiegogo, Kickstarter, and you have an established sales history. As I mentioned earlier about these manufacturers who come to me and say, hey, yo, I want to sell it to your stores. Great. Have you sold before? How many units have you sold the last 12 months? Zero. Well, then you, well, I'm a large retailer, mm -hmm. and large retail buyers, um, we have brick and mortar stores, there's a lot more risk than just putting a thing on, online only. Um, we, we, they don't like buying, they don't like, they don't like risk. They want to reduce their risk. Okay. So, um, because remember, I have, I, I, I put it online on a website and you have you fulfill it. There's not, it, there's no risk whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Put it in a catalog or in, in a brick and mortar store, there's a little more thought involved, a little more data involved. So we tell our clients, start small. Let's find a few low hanging fruit, get in some stores, get a sales history, um, understand, you know, the, the, uh, the percentage of returns that come back, you know, they're defective mm -hmm. or truly bars and mortars. Uh, build a bulletproof supply chain. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you go to a large retailer, and you say, you know, you you miss a shipment for, to Best Buy's warehouse. You 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 short uh, you, 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 you short ship. You, you short ship, or you ship the wrong without a barcode label. These little mistakes can be costly uh, for a, a small manufacturer when dealing with a large retailer. Mm -hmm. With a smaller retailer, that yeah, if you may maybe make a couple mistakes financially, it's not going to hurt you. So we always tell our clients, maybe, maybe get your mistakes out. You know, in the, in, the, in the lower playing field, and then once you you have a, a more solid program, then go after the bigger retailers. Which, which kind of makes sense because um you you need to crawl before you walk, and yeah, you know, testing testing out in the smaller retailers that have a higher thresh a lower threshold for for, for error margin, you know, enables yep. you to learn and just you know make small mistakes, and then you know when the big ones come, you you already know what to do, and you know hopefully you don't make those those mistakes at scale. Now um. This begs two questions. I'll start with the first question. Um, what sure. would you define as a small retailer? Would they still be Would they still be a chain retailer, or are you talking about individual stores? I would say both. I, I would say that uh, what I consider a small retailer, uh, it could be a uh, an individual store, or someone who has a chain of stores. Maybe you know, ten stores, twenty five okay. stores. Um, uh, or it's a dot-com retailer okay. uh, like the grommet.com, you know, house.com, you know, some of these, you know, uh, you know, retailers that do well online, but don't have a lot of brick and mortar space. But I, those are the ones I would target first before going to the typical Apple, Best Buy, Target. Well, again, you know, and when we talk to a potential client, we always ask, who are your dream retailers? Who would you love to see, you know, in the next, you know, uh, 12 to 18 months. You know, we hear some really good ones, you know, from QVC to Best Buy to Walmart to Target to Apple, uh, depending on what product category they're, Bit and Beyond. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Let's develop a, a strategy, a roadmap. And how do we get from here to here? And again, part of that strategy is let's start small, get some sales, get some, get some, get a track history before we go talk to the bigger. Retail. Again, we don't waste our time. We don't waste our time. So let's get our let's get our stuff together first, and then hopefully in six to eight months we'll be ready to talk to a larger retail about our product line. Okay. How how does geography play in um, selecting a, a small retailer with multiple locations? Maybe they have ten branches. Would they tend to have the branches in a single state, or I, I don't think they want to spread their tentacles across states because. You know, they're small, but you know, you 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 you, you may beg to differ. I, I'm not sure what the situation is out there. Yeah, I, I, I think for 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 manufacturers who are trying to talk to small retailers, whether it be here in the U.S. or or, or anywhere outside the U.S., you know, I think it's fine. Who's the who? 
how is purchasing done? Is, is it is it decentralized or is it centralized? You know, like for you know, you know, is it one look is, is it one parent location that says I'm gonna buy for all twelve stores, mm. or you have to go to each individual store? That would make more sense. I would say that you know, I would focus on retailers that, that there's one buying office that you know is twenty five stores, but the store the the main store that buys or or makes the buying decisions for these stores is in Chicago okay. or LA or New York, okay. uh, if, especially when you're in a different country, if you're in the UK, you know, uh, if you're in Hong Kong, you're in Tel Aviv, Israel, like some of our clients, it's very tough to talk to a, a three-store retailer in, in, in Dallas, Texas, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think sometimes working with distributors is, is part of our, of our slow burn, because again, as a small manufacturer, the last thing you want to do is, is provide, you know, you may not have to have, you may have the, the team or the resources, but also you don't want, you don't have the, the, the ability to provide customer service and even credit mm. to uh, hundreds of small ma retailers. Sometimes a distributor would be a great place uh, to start with. If, if I distributor who- Would the distributors pay cash or um, would, would you need to give them credit? Uh, in the, uh, I know in other countries, uh, some distributors pay up front, like retailers. Unfortunately, in the U.S., uh, every retailer, every distributor, uh, there's always terms. Uh, it could be uh, net 30 to net 90, you know, okay. and uh, where, uh, and you know, we always tell our clients, we can't wait 30 or 90 days with 60 being the average for a distributor or a large retailer uh, offer a terms discount. So maybe it's uh, 1% 30 net 60. So at least if I get paid in 30 days, the retail or distributor gets an additional 1% off the invoice. Okay, okay, that makes a, a lot of sense. Okay, now um, to my original, original question, which I've been holding back for a bit, it has to do with getting into the head of a buyer, okay? Um, assuming I'm a buyer or you're a buyer and I approach you, what kind of metrics sales metrics, product metrics, would get your attention once my email pops on your screen? Well, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned, so, so you know, how, you, you mentioned about email. So mm -hmm. I always tell our clients, and this is you know, a, a great tip, while you know, emails are, are um, um, less evasive, uh, very easy to do, uh, even in today's digital, digital environment, it's not our, our first strategy in, in trying to contact a retail buyer. Mm -hmm. We get so many emails a day that, okay, if I don't know who you are, I'm gonna delete it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, I, I always tell our clients, well, they, you know, they kind of like, they kind of shudder a little bit, but I said, you're better off to pick up the phone, old school, and, and call the buyer, and, and, and try to get, him, get, a, get a hold of him or her, and, 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 and introduce yourself, introduce your product, why, why, why you're, you're calling it, and then send an email recapping your conversation. You're, that email more likely yeah. to be opened up. I mean, no offense, I can send a thousand emails to a thousand retailers today, and the percentages of it open up is, is, is .0001. So we always say, hey, if you want to stand out from the crowd, Okay, from other, you know, four other manufacturers have this exact same idea you have, make a phone call. Pick up the phone, grant, you make it the voicemail. Don't leave a voicemail because they're going to call you back. Try again to get the buyer live on the phone and they answer your question. What buyers care about are, are, are really three things A, will this product, this manufacturer, will this product drive top line sale? That's one of my KPIs, okay? Um, because at the end of the day, I need, to, I need to grow my sales for my product line. Two, um, uh, product margin. You know, yeah, I'm growing sales, but what's am I am I making money out of this? Because in the day, for me to keep these stores open, I need to make money, right? And then three, just as important as making uh, driving sales and bottom line profits, inventory turns. If I buy a thousand pieces today on February 10th, then on, on, on March 10th, if I still have a thousand pieces. Bad on me, but more important, bad on you as a manufacturer. So those are those are the KPIs, um, but those are the three basic ones that a buyer looks at: uh, is a top line sales, bottom line profits, and inventory turnover. Okay, what about what kind of sell through rates would they be be looking at um, for for every one hundred um, you know um, products are sent to them? 
It varies uh, based on the product line. So if you're a consumable, like a grocery, your your terms are a lot you're much higher. Yeah. Where if you're a high price, I say you're a eight thousand dollar massage chair. Right. Um, you're not gonna sell it. You'll probably sell two a month. You know, depending right. on how many, how many stores you have. And I guess what we tell our clients is before you talk to a buyer, we talk about being ready, right? You know, you need you some basic facts. Like you need to know, like like knowing the the, the stats on a baseball card of your favorite player uh, or cricket or any other sport. Uh, one, um, you must have sales. You know, so how are sales going year to date, month to date? So a buyer may ask you, hey, you know, how are your sales on this product line? I don't know. Well, that's strike one right there, right? But the second thing you want to know is um, besides your sales year to date, month to date, week to date, uh, is they want to know uh, uh, what's your defective rate? What's your return rate? So on Amazon, as an example, if you're shipping on Amazon, uh, on Seller Central or Vendor Central, uh, they have a, a stat on number of returns. Hey, I shipped, I, I sold, you know, 50 this week and, uh, you know, 5% back, okay? Right. So you know your defective rate there. Now, it could be, buyer's remorse or it could be truly a defective in the, the day it's still a return and buyers they don't want to boomerang they want to sell it and keep it sold so they want to know if, if your def if your defective rate is over a certain percentage let's say it's 15 percent that's extremely high for any product category yeah. um typically for in my categories i measure the buyer between one to two percent was normal right. for returns defective <laughs> would be you, you know the internet skews a few sectors. Um, I'll give you an example like apparel um, and shoes, like Zappos, for instance. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of people were like trying, like, will buy the same pair of shoes, but in two or three different sizes. Sure. Um, and also for, 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 you know, people want to see the fit, the, the look and the fit of, of the outfit when they wear it and then they return it. How do those numbers sort of skew, if you're an apparel seller, um, yep. your pitch to a retailer? Would, would, yeah, they, I, would I, they have that in mind, you know, because Amazon might... I, I, think, I, I think, you know, in some categories where there might be a, a little higher in average, like we, we call it the rental. Uh, when I bought camcorders back in the 2000, early 2000s, you know, I used to get a lot of camcorder returns back in early January. Why is that? Because they were taping, you know, Christmas Grandma opened the gift, or they went to Disney World on vacation, and they sent the camcorder back. Or, or we got, or, or it's like you mentioned, or I go to prom, I got, uh, I got my my dress, you know, and but I keep the tag on after the thing. You know, so unfortunately, there are there are consumers who try to build the system, and retailers understand that, and they're not gonna hold the manufacturer accountable. Hey, because we got a high return, because someone is renting the product, or in this case. Well, just say, hey, apparel, I'm buying three pairs of shoes in different sizes, that is taken into account. Uh, or it's a product, we have a couple of clients that make health and wellness wearables okay. uh, to fix your posture or break a bad habit. And like anything else, it works or doesn't work. Every person is different. It's like a, like a, like a, like a Fitbit, a TV yeah. tracker. So obviously the, the, the return percentage might be a little higher than maybe some other product categories, and the buyer will take that in, into account. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, 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 was, I also say that you know, as a buyer myself, if I see the returns very high, I would ask the manufacturer, "Hey, let's take a look at the returns you're getting. Are they truly defective, or the bars are worse? If it's bars are worse, is there a way we can prevent that?" And I had a manufacturer back in 2002 that the return rate was over 25 percent. Whoa. Okay. And that's a, that's a, that's that's nuts. And 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 they say, Johan, ninety nine percent of what we're getting back from your stores is literally brand new. It's workable. In fact, the back was still open. And I said, well, so the simple fix we made, uh, this product you actually had to there was no one in the box that said you had to install a piece into your computer. Right. So I said, here's a simple solution: add a big giant yellow sticker on the box saying, hey, assembly required. Okay. And it dropped the the returns more than ninety five percent, literally overnight. That yeah. our sales dropped, we had less sales, but the return percentage was far less because we, we told customers on the pa retail package, hey, uh, some assembly required, and it stopped customers. You know, I don't want to assemble. 
I'm gonna find something else that's that's suited for my needs. It, it costs you less, you know. Just put in that, and it's it's so fascinating how copywriting impacts you know, um, sales across the board. So on websites, you know, people make singular changes and copy and with the same effect and get the same effect as you did, the 95%, you know, drop or change, which which is required in the right direction, which is fascinating. Okay, um, you know, prior to this, prior to, to, to us going live on this call, you talked about um, one of the ethos of, um, of what you do, you know, um, which is, and what retail, what, what manufacturers should do, which is really making buyers lives easier. Um, yep. and, um, I remember tracking back, um, when we initially, you know, had a, a conversation and you were talking about, um, the framework retail bound actually uses, which is the eight building blocks to making new products, a success in retail. Could we sort of loop these two concepts together in terms of how, how to make buyers lives easier? to your your um, eight building blocks to, to make a new product a, a success in, in retail yeah I'll, I'll keep it simple and honestly okay. you know at a high level you know you know if you want to be a a, a, a successful manufacturer in retail and have a long going long going an ongoing relationship you need to make the buyer's job easier i mean you know i'll give you you mentioned an example about, about the websites okay that you know you want to make sure you you have the right copy, the content, the images ready to go. You, sh um, you don't want to you want to uh, well I'll get the images in, in six weeks or six months. No, I mean you're ready. If you're ready to business with me now. You have all your files, your your videos, images, your co copy. You know, and, and then you know then that's one part. But the other part that irritates buyers the most is uh, constantly t uh, tweaking. The, the the copy on the retailer's website. So let's say on bestbuy.com, you submit all your copy, your content, you know, collateral, we get on the website. A week later, you call Best Buy, the buyer is, hey, I need to change one word. Okay, fine, okay, one word, I don't a problem. And two weeks later, hey, I need to change some images. Well, okay, uh, that's not making my job. Every time I have to open the, the engine hood, you know, and, and tweak, uh, it costs me time. We're not going to be spending time somewhere else. Uh, that's one. That's one way of making the buyer's job easier. Is hey, set it and forget. I mean, it's okay to tweak once in a while, but I've had some uh, some previous clients of mine who were constantly, you know, about that BestBuy.com was their own website. Right. In an extension, yes, but you cannot constantly keep asking the buyer to keep reworking the copy on the website. It, that's not a, a a great way of, of, of starting a relationship mm. uh, with a with a, a retail buyer. You know, mm, mm. I would I would say you know another way of um, of keeping making the buyer's job easier is communicating. You know, online is very easy to change prices quickly, right? Right. So let's say hypothetically, uh, you know, you, you said to lower your price on your website, okay, uh, below the map or the minimum advertised price. Yeah. You know, and you didn't tell the buyer. All of a sudden, buyers get a lot of requests. Hey, I see on Amazon.com um, that that this widget is twinners less than your website. I want your price match it. What? You know, so be it, you know, so be it maybe. I think communication is by the number one thing in making a buyer's job easier. When as a buyer myself, when if I called you or I emailed you as a supplier, hey, I'm not calling because I'm because I'm bored. I'm calling you because I need something. And right. if, if it takes you in this world day with, with, with Skype and cell phones and tablets, there's no reason why you cannot get back to someone in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. And uh, so if it takes you a week to get back with an answer uh, and you didn't tell the, 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 the retailer, hey, I'll get back to you, I got a trade show, I'll get back to you in three days, uh, again, not making my job easier. I can tell you that you know, you're not the only supplier there are countless suppliers out there that who want your spot on the shelf. So right. uh, that's why I say communication both ways is very important. Again, making the buyer's job easier. Uh, easier. That, makes right. it, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think about Amazon Launchpad, right, versus Indiegogo and, you know, crowdfunding in 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 its entirety as, as how – it will connect to okay so say you know let's track back to to my um, my flask scenario you know my flask use case sure. um i launch to indiegogo um what steps would should i logically take given my limited capital 
to expanding to retail eventually. How would you advise listeners yeah. who who are launching on on Kickstarter or, or maybe even Amazon Launchpad? I think you need to get in on on Kickstarter before you get onto Amazon Launchpad. What what are the key steps? So it seems as if Amazon is onboarding um, a lot of. Um, Indiegogo, Indiegogo and Kickstarter successes through their, you know, Amazon Launchpad. Um, what other options besides Amazon Launchpad do 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 manufacturers actually have? And how? Well, uh, so one, we're actually an official mentor. Retail Bound is an official mentor of at Amazon Launchpad program. We're one of thirty suppliers here in the U.S. Uh, uh, we'll be marketing, sales, distribution, logistics, manufacturing. We're one of 30 uh, agencies uh, that were created by Amazon's Launchpad team because our team alone has actually worked over probably over 300, uh, actually more than that, but I'd say at least 300 Launchpad vendors on the program. So uh, prior to us being selected wow. as a vendor of record for Amazon, Indiegogo as well, we're also known to help them out there, their team as well. But I would say that typically, you know, where we kickstarted Indiegogo, that's usually the first place because A, it allows you uh, to get you know a, a beta test of, of users who are going to try out your product, give you some honest feedback before you go launch into online or brick and mortar retail. Mm-hmm. So, so I would say that for most of our clients today, use crowdfunding to get started, mm-hmm. and then the next bridge from after crowdfunding, we talk about the low hanging fruit. Amazon would be uh, Launchpad or Seller Central mm-hmm. or any other marketplace, Jet.com, Newegg.com, uh, Sears.com, uh, to get there, get started. Amazon, honestly, is probably the most, uh, most recognizable marketplace or the Launchpad program. Do, the reason why do, do, do you help like, retailers get on, on all of these platforms or um, do, yeah. do you, okay, all right, cool. You know, but Amazon, obviously, being the biggest, and the reason why is because, let's say you're on Amazon today, that, that, that flask, and our team was representing you in marketing and sales support, and we're talking to a large um, uh, sporting goods retailer, Dick's Sporting Goods, which has hundreds of stores here in the U.S. Uh, the first thing the buyer's gonna do is go to Amazon. I right. guarantee you, the first thing I do, because like I said earlier uh, about um, your about some things you didn't know as a manufacturer, and, and you know, we talked to Rita Bar, some of the basic facts. We talked about sales history, you know, what are your sales year to date in units? Um, uh, what's the effective rate? The third thing I didn't get to finish uh, was knowing what is the average price online as well as what's your reviews like. Right, right. Um, because Amazon, love or hate them, as a math factor, as a consultant, or as a consumer, uh, it's, a great way of, it's, a, it's a great way of showing to retailers how you're doing. And you, they, they look at what well, they want to look at your your content on Amazon. Right. They look at your price point on Amazon, and more importantly, you want to look at the verified, I mean, verified reviews <laughs> not the, on Amazon. Not, not, the, not the incentivized ones. <laughs> yeah, not, not or, or ones you know, oh, not the, the the eight five star reviews that came from your friends or family. Yes, uh, but those you know, that's one thing. As a, as a manufacturer, when I'm talking to a retail buyer, I want to know. Where what's the average price online? I have I'm on 15 different websites. I want to know. Hopefully, if I go talk to a buyer, hey, the price of this widget is $99. Really? On uh, this Yoan.com, it's 69.99. You're trying to sell to me for 60 bucks? I can't do that and make nine bucks. There's no way. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so you need to know what is the average price point online. What's your defective rate and what's your what's your sales? But going back. I would say Indiegogo, Kickstarter, great place to launch your product, uh, great way to get built, SEO, SEM, get, you know, build awareness, get some PR. Mm. Amazon, probably the next step, build your Amazon page and get that sales history, getting test- valid testimonials. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then from there, it's, it's going to reach, reaching out to, you know, you know smaller you know, or, or key retailers that make sense. Uh, again, we talk about the regional retailers, we talk about distributors. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of other retailers uh, are starting to develop their own uh, launch pad. Uh, Brookstone has their own program. Interesting. Uh, uh, called Brookstone Launch. Uh, Best Buy, I was actually at Best Buy two weeks ago. Uh, corporate, uh, they have a program called Best Buy Ignite. Um, very similar as well to Amazon Launchpad. So everyone's, everyone, everyone's seen what Amazon is doing. And so other retailers are starting to 
the last couple of years, Target, Staples, Best Buy, Brookstone are starting to curate uh, startups. I mean, 10 years ago, uh, it'd be very tough as a startup to talk to a Best Buy or a Brookstone. Now, they're actually encouraging it. And they're actually, uh, agencies like Retail Bound, they say, hey, Johan, what, what do you have new in your portfolio? Any new clients that are, are ready for retail? Yeah, I got these three new clients. Let me make the introduction. Let's get going here. So uh, this is a year now for startups to really talk to a Brookstone, a Best Buy. But like I told Best Buy you know, a couple weeks ago, just because you got successfully launched on Indiegogo, all right, does not guarantee any success uh, in, into the retail world. Uh, there's a lot more, as you know, there's retail packaging, uh, retail point-of-purchase displays, there's a lot more money in the cost of marketing, uh, there's a lot more, lot more stuff, so yeah. that's why agencies like right. Retail Bound help companies like them get ready. Okay, let's talk about two things before we wrap up. Sure. One, one is, um, you know, inherently, when when you're on um, when when you're on the internet, you know, and when you're selling on Amazon, inherently, you don't necessarily need to put that much detail into packaging. You most most of the time, and I and I, be, I might be wrong in in some occasions. Most of the time, it's more about the the product. You know, you, you want to get really nice product images on there. And what happens with some retailers is they don't put enough attention to detail in their packaging um, that's adequate enough for for um, for retail. So, what key points in your from your perspective and from your experience working with so many retailers um, should listeners take on board with packaging for 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 retail, especially if they're coming from an internet you know retail world um, of their products? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the best tip I, I, I the best tip I tell our clients, especially on this on the consumer electronics side, or uh, is you're not Apple. Um, a, a, you know, Apple is probably the most simple packaging, you know, but they're Apple. They can get along with that. You you literally have less than two seconds to capture someone at the point of sale and on the shelf. Um, so you want to make sure your your retail packaging while it's clean, it it, it kind of gives a message. You know, one of our fair clients made a, a a posture tracker wearable. Okay, it fits in your lower back. It vibrates when you slouch. Great, great product. They sold thousands of units online. In retail, the package itself it looked like Apple. Beautiful, beautiful package. But when it sits on that shelf, there is no. It was it just it had an image of the product. Well, it's great, but other than us, who knows what is that? Where do you put it? So the easiest change, and they actually made the change this year, was uh, they actually included uh, on the front of the packet was a, was a young lady with the with the wearable on her lower back. Okay, so you know a picture's worth a thousand words. So I would say you know having you know uh, 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 while it's simple, have enough copy to kind of agitate the customer when it, when she picks it up. What is it? Why do I want it? Um, and then also another thing besides. The, the content or the messaging on the packaging, the size of the packaging. Well, it can't be a big giant box and take half the shelf. Uh, you know, it's got, you gotta make sure, you know, how, how big should it be? You know, and so if, if your product fits on a hook and, and maybe six packages fit on a hook, all right, then that's how it should be. It should be six and a hook. Uh, you should be able to, to, you wanna maximize your shelf space without, without killing the retail return on investment. So, uh, and also, like I mentioned, you know, besides the content and the size of the box, yeah. can it be peggable? Can it sit on a shelf? Um, you want to make it, again, make it, go back to that, make it easier for a retail buyer. Uh, you, want, you want to keep it clear and clean. And a lot of times I always tell our clients, don't be afraid to ask a buyer. Before you, you know, buyers like put their stink on it. They like to get their opinion on it. Mm -hmm. So ask five or six buyers, get their opinions on your on your proposed retail packaging, and then implement the ones that are the more common um, uh, request okay. buyers. And and do do you send the, the the buyers like samples? And how many samples would you typically send the buyers? Or um, when what what's the process like? Uh, typically, you send one sample. If if, if you're doing it remotely, uh, I would send one sample to a buyer. Uh, bear in mind, you may not get that sample back. Uh, so uh, just you know, understand that it's it's part of your cost of doing awesome. business. Uh, if you want it back, it, you know, wait, make it easy. 
include a a return, a, a self a return envelope and 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 send it or, or pass on gold and pick it up. Okay. But yeah, samples are definitely required, and I would say that for most of our manufacturers, you know, make sure you, you your 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 product um, has gone through su sufficient third-party testing. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned our apparel. You know, uh, there are, uh, they want to know, it, it, can it be laundered? If, if laundered, show me the third-party test of SGS, that how many launderings can it do? If you're a product like a TV, does it have UL certifications? So, you know, if I plug it in, it won't burn down my house, you know? So make sure that, you know, that's another thing these, these manufacturers don't understand. Okay, I just saw Andy go, go. There's no, there's no requirement that I have to get certified, right? Yeah. You know, get get tested by a third party agency. Well, I guarantee you, when you talk to a, a real retail like Best Buy, Target, Sears, one of the things I ask you is, has your prop been tested, not by your friends, not by Joe in the warehouse, but has been tested by a third party agency? Make sure this prop will do what it's supposed to do, but also two, make sure it won't cause any liability or harm to their customers. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, being respectful of your time, I have one more question before we go into the lightning round, um, yeah. which is from your experience with, with working with, with several retailers and with several manufacturers, um, what do the best in class manufacturers do from a marketing standpoint while their, their products are in store? I would say the, and this is the reason why Retail Bomb actually was 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 built on, the the best in class manufacturers do a couple of things. One, they drive business to their to the retailers. You know, a lot of our clients uh, before they get started with us, thought, hey, it's just about me. I make more money when I sell my own website. That, that's correct. You do make a lot more profit when you sell your own website. But when now you get to retail, where we have BestBuy.com, Amazon, Target.com. It's about driving business to their stores, their website, uh, and, and it, it, it takes a while. It's a paradigm shift. What? Yeah, you, you just because you got so, your product. So, so would you stop selling on your website and just have list of stockists? You can do, well, you, I, I would never advise stopping completely uh, and making it your site an informational site. That's a good question. I would say as long as you're, you're fair and consistent. So the retail price is one twenty nine for your product. Uh, and it's, it's one point everywhere, but all of a sudden you're at nine dollars. You know, you're thirty dollars lower than than your retail accounts. That's not a partnership. Mm. You know, um, and we tell our clients just because you got your product into a Best Buy or or Target, you know, your job isn't isn't done. It's just begun. You know, a retail buyer like myself, you know, we're not at, at the macro level. We're not driving business for you. We're not going to spend marketing dollars on your one SKU product. Okay. So it's up to you as a manufacturer to drive your marketing, page search, SEO, promotions, content, in-store merchandising, things to drive traffic to a store. Because remember, if it doesn't sell in a store, okay, you're doing different. Awesome, All you did was yeah. move your product from your warehouse to Best Buy's warehouse, nothing's changed. It's not you know, change, yeah, it's, it's like going from your bedroom to your kitchen. Nothing's changed, you just move locations. Once the product is sold, then you go hurrah. So I'd say best in class manufacturers, there's two things. One, it's it, it's a truly a partnership. I'm gonna drive that, that sales, you know, to that, that retailer, uh, website or stores. And thing that the best in class do uh, is they make it easy to work with them. You know, Sony, you know, I love them as a consumer, all right? No offense, and if I don't know if they're listening, I hate them. As a manufacturer, they might make they made my job extremely rough. But unfortunately, they're Sony; they can get away with that. You know, a startup can't do that. So, a best-in-class manufacturer has to uh, work. It's a partnership. We're, we're, all, we're all trying to do the same. We're trying to we're trying to grow business. We're trying to win customers. You know, you not getting me the information I need, not not being able to you know, keep my margins where it should be, not driving traffic to my stores. It's not a partnership. You know, it's a one-way deal here. So I think you know, being able to communicate, keep the buyer's job easier, and driving traffic to a retailer's website or stores will definitely keep you uh, best in class. Yeah, yeah. Um, I typically sort of advise my clients that you know sometimes you know I'd be like, um, 
try and get more channels, you know, distribute your products, especially when, you know, they own the, they're vertically integrated where they, they actually, you know, do the manufacturing. And I say, look, one of the ways to sort of hack your marketing is, you know, get into physical stores and, you know, get your products seen by people. Um, yep. Okay, so while they're doing the marketing for their brand and everything, have you seen or do you have any case studies or use cases of where it's had a, a net effect on on their business? On you know, also say they were like a traditional online retailer selling direct to consumer with but they were manufacturers or vertically integrated, and they started to distribute you know um, to, to 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 major retailers. Do you have any case studies in which they um, it changed their business, it it doubled their business, or it even you know ten x their business? Yeah, it, 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 it takes time. It's not an overnight process. Mm. You know, one, one of our clients, you know, uh, with Indiegogo um, manufacturer, oh, we told Indiegogo it made a unique product. Uh, we started with them last uh, January 2016. Started at CES, you know, building their building their program for them. You know, the pricing, uh, their distributor, their sales team, we built for them. Uh, and then this summer they launched on, on uh, they, they fulfilled their backers this last summer. They got Amazon in, 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 uh, in June. We were able to help them get into bestbite.com, walmart.com, stables.com, wow. some of our retailers, got some sales going. Uh, and then we also, because of our B2B background, was able to launch them into B2B. Uh, and, they, and they started getting some sales. You know, We started testing some price points. And then uh, this past uh, January, uh, Walmart has, uh, has agreed to put them in, in 3,700 uh, locations, started in May. Best Buy has agreed to put them in all 1,050 stores in the U.S., 136 <laughs> stores in, in Canada. Uh, they're going to be on air on QVC wow. next week. Wow. Um, uh, Dish, Net uh, Dish Network uh, is going to uh, start selling their product here in the U.S., and Dish Network sees, sees um, they're, they're in about 20,000 homes per day. Wow. Um, so here's a small client, Indiegogo client, that, that oh, they sold a lot on Indiegogo um, a year ago, over a year ago. A year this, and is half just, ago. this is over one year. One year. One year of so, so how many So how many units to date do you think they've sold, you know, um, outside of Indiegogo? Uh, I would say North, uh, I, well, I would say excluding the retail brick and mortar, that won't launch officially till the spring. Uh, it's a north of thirty-five to forty thousand units. You know, and, and it's a and it's a, high, a higher price. It's over hundred bucks. You okay. know, so it's not it's not a a nine-dollar trinket. It's over hundred bucks. Okay. Uh, it's in the smart home category, but in one year, you know that you know from being an unknown player to wow, now I'm I'm starting to be requested by retailers all around the world. And for them, we just had a conversation yesterday. But hey, they don't want to stretch themselves too thin. Uh, and I agree with them. So let's find, you know, I think Best Buy, Walmart, QVC, and Dish, you know, are probably four good partners. And let's, that's it. Let's do it right. Are you able to share the, well. the name of the brand? Uh, the company's called Cujo. Cujo. Uh, uh, Getcujo.com. How do you company. spell Cujo? C-U-J-O. C-U-J-O. Okay. So get, G-E-T. Get com. Great company. One of our favorite clients. Amongst other clients we represent. Um, uh, and uh, no, they've done a great job in moving their brand from X to Y over the last the last twelve. Plus it's very, months. very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. Um, in regards to um, in regards, to just one final question: Would you say Shark Tank is <laughs> is a strategy attempting to get on Shark Tank? In 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 the UK, it's called Dragon's Den. It's same same format. Okay, so. Is, is that a strategy? It's funny you mentioned because it, it, a few times last, I, I see us this year and last year, Smog Show, uh, and we were kind of pitching who we are, like, hey, you like Shark Tank? What the money? Yeah, that's right. We are. So we kind of joke that sometimes we're known as a, as a Shark Tank. We get a lot of good advice. We don't give any money to you, but we give a lot of advice. We actually have, we have a client or two that that was on Shark Tank. Okay. You know, um, uh, good, bad, and different. They were on Shark Tank. I would say Shark Tank, um, uh, it, like you know, it's a, it's, it's a probably tougher to get in Shark Tank than to get onto a, a traditional retailer. <laughs> uh, no offense to, to Mark and the rest of the team. Uh, you know, if you if you have an opportunity to to present yourselves, great. Uh, if you can't get on, 
there's there's again there's other ways. Hopefully, companies like Retail Bound can help you uh, get into into the retail landscape. But Shark Tank is, is an opportunity. But uh, but I was I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on that as my primary way of getting. It's into a strategy. The it's like a lottery, really. Um, we had someone who made it to Shark Tank and. She was like she was one out of five thousand, you know, um, people selected. It's it's the odds of that um, stacked against you, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's been a really interesting conversation, Johan. Um, so I always do this. I have um, what's called a lightning round um, okay. on every show, and I pretty much just ask my guest one question, and if you could answer with a single sentence, that would be perfect. If you can't, yeah. I'll allow a few sentences. Are you ready? <laughs> Far away. All right. What? How do you hire people? They're quite random questions. How, how I hire people? Yes. Uh, I, I hire people. Uh, I hire people that are uh, that are innovative and think outside the box. Okay. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business? Three tools I manage my business. That's a very good question. <laughs> I would say, uh, boy, wait. It's it's early it's early morning here in the U.S. So I'm trying to figure out what are three tools. I would say that um, uh, I would say my uh, three tools would be my uh, uh, my laptop, my tablet, and my smartphone. I guess. Right, I guess devices. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. This one is uh, curveball. What's been your best mistake to date? By that I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Uh, as a manufacturer, my biggest mistake uh, was assuming to send samples when they're not requested. All right. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Um, if you could choose a single book or resource that has made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? My book. What's the name retail of your bound. book? <laughs> retail, retail Bound. Retail Bound. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to sell your products to retailers. On Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and our retailers around the world. So I, like, yeah. I, I will link it. I know, I know the cheapest plug. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. There you go. It's all right. Allowed, allowed. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link to it in, in the show notes for sure. Um, yeah, so Johan, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I would most certainly, certainly follow up with more questions after this show. And I'm very sure for those of you listening, um, you have questions. If you have questions, Johan, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, our, our website is, uh, is retailbound.com. And my email address is yjacob, Y-J-A-C-O-B, at retailbound.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. It has been very interesting, I have to say. Um, cheers. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.